Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Band of Brothers podcast. I'm Steph, one of the team's press officers, and today we'll be catching up with Nils Pollitt ahead of none other than the Tour of Flanders. So Nils, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. And of course, I'm joined yet again by my wonderful colleague, Andreas Hartmann. Hi everyone. Hi Nils and hello Steph. So to explain a little bit about the race we're going to be chatting about today, it's the 106th edition of the Tour of Flanders this Sunday, where over a total of almost 273 k's, the riders are going to be treated to one of the hardest events on the racing calendar. After two years of COVID restrictions, the fans are also expected to be back on the roadside lining the route in full force. So the course sets off from Antwerp, as it's done since 2017, with the riders getting their first taste of cobbles after around 100 k's of racing. We've then got the first climb at about the halfway point, the Autocoromont, and from there onwards, the riders will be facing a series of cobbled sectors and famous Hellingen, leading up to the combo of the Autocoromont again and the Paderberg again as the final ascents before the route then flattens out, heading into Aldenada. But we're going to be talking a little bit more about the specific sections of the race with Nils today, so that's enough of me going on about the course. So, Nils, most of the riders say that the Tour of Flanders is one of the best races on the calendar. Why do you think that everyone thinks that's the case? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, Tour of Flanders for, for sure is something special. Um, a lot of spectators are out on the road there, million uh, spectators there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really big monument uh, in, in the calendar and, um, yeah, you have to say, like with all the crowd, what is there up on the on the Hillinger and uh, on the climbs, it's it's super super nice. Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of fun to ride to ride Tour of Flanders. Um, you've already spent some time this season in racing in Belgium and uh, probably in your whole career, <laughs> quite quite a bit of time in Belgium. Can you explain what makes the Belgium cycling culture so special. Yeah, I mean, like what is for us in Germany or in other countries, uh, football, it's in, in Belgium cycling. And uh, like for sure, there are also a lot of football fans in Belgium. But uh, if you see this, like all the races with all of uh, all the VIP tents, uh, what is there on the road? Uh, yeah, people, they're... Like they, they love to be part of, of cycling and um, this is something special in Belgium, uh, Belgium and uh, yeah, makes, makes this uh, yeah, to a super nice atmosphere. So cycling is the big thing in, in Belgium. Um, at the Tour of Flanders there are millions of fans on the road, like probably not millions, but I've recently read that... Um, they estimate one million uh, fans on the road during the Ronde. Um, how does that feel to you as a pro uh, riding during the race? Yeah, like it's super, super nice. Um, every city what we are crossing, like from Antwerp uh, to the slab around Odenade, where also the finish line is, um, every city makes something special, like have a 
um, live stream up there on the marketplaces, um, some some places where you can buy beer and uh, some food. Um, yeah, they, they are, it's like a, a special day for Belgium. Um, like this is, yeah, like you saw it also like last year, the, the World Championships in Belgium, I think uh, what we had there out in Leuven, uh, this is also two of Flanders. And um, yeah, especially now with uh, where the Corona restriction, it's going less. And all the people that are back uh, on the road, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this already, uh, yeah, to Sunday then. So you're expecting a, a big party from Antwerpen to Audenade? Yeah, we were seeing it already now in uh, Harlebeken uh, or yesterday in Waregem. It's, uh, yeah, a lot of fans outside already on the road and, uh, yeah, Tour of Flanders is... Uh, much more also and um yeah it's it's a super nice feeling to to have the crowd back so you've done this race six times um what is your best memory so far from all the all your participations yeah it was for sure 2019 when i finished fifth um it was a super nice feeling it was my first uh yeah, my, my first top 10 in the, in the monument. Um, yeah, it was, was for me, something special. Um, I mean, I got second afterwards in Roubaix, but uh, Flanders to be fifth was, was already super nice. Do you have any funny or interesting story from your previous participations in uh, the Tour of Flanders? Yeah, actually it was... 2019 when I got fifth um, after Tienberg my wheel radar was broken so I just had like the big chain ring left and um, this makes it even harder and then I was going out of Kreuzberg and then even Quarmon on the big chain ring but then we was coming to Paterberg and it is uh, yeah, way too steep for the big chain ring so I had to put my chain down with my hand went up Paderberg on the small chain ring and on top I was still in the group but I had to put it with my hand back on a big chain ring uh, because there was no cars behind behind our group and um, there was also no time anymore to change a bike so I put it back on the big chain ring but it takes quite a long time that I got it back on the big chain ring so I lost Actually, this the first group there, and uh, I had a hard, hard fight back, like for 10 kilometers to getting back into this group. Uh, it takes a lot of effort, but uh, yeah, on the end I was fifth, so everything was fine. That must have felt a bit like in the old days when shifting was still uh, a bit more <laughs> work than it is today. <laughs> Yeah, for sure there was like for sure some fair like some some fans was standing outside and looking to me like what he is doing actually no why he don't follow this group like yeah it was was a strange feeling but uh, I managed it. <laughs> oh, so hopefully you don't have one of those experiences again uh, on the weekend. Um, so moving on to actually the race on Sunday. What are some ideas that you have of how the race is actually going to play out? Well, I I think 
we have uh, a really strong team, uh, a lot of jumbo, but now already was uh, in the news that Wout van Aert gets also sick. So uh, it's not sure if he starts, but still they have like with Christoph Laporte and Tish Benoit, uh, super strong riders in the lineup. Um, quick step, it's for the moment not riding like in the in the past years. So for sure they want to ride also aggressive and then we have like riders like Morovic, uh, Pogacar, what who was showing like for his first classic yesterday in Varigem Dwarst of Flanderen that he that he can do it as well. Like um yeah, it will be for sure uh, early selection already. And um yeah. It will be a hard, hard race, this for sure, because also the weather condition changed now. Uh, last week we had quite nice weather, like up to 20 degrees, and uh, on Sunday on the start uh, can be minus two, minus one, and uh, maximum nine degrees. So that will be also makes the race uh, for sure quite hard. When we look at the parkour, where do you think the race can be decided? Yeah, normally it's always uh, second time Quaremont uh, where you have to be in front um, because afterwards... Yeah, that's kilometer 218. Yeah, this is already quite late in the race, but uh, yeah, there you have for sure to be in front because afterwards is coming uh, Paterberg and directly Koppenberg and then we, we come to the deep, deep final with... Uh, Maria Borestad, Stationstra, Teinberg, Kuisberg, and then again, like uh, going to Quaremont and, and Paterberg to the finish. But I think also before there will be a pre selection already um, over Molenberg, that is also a small copper climb where always uh, the peloton splits up. So Molenberg is around kilometer 170, that's 100 kilometers from the finish line where. You think it can be the first pre-selection? Yeah. On Wednesday it was Dwarf Flandern. You went really early. Will you try something similar on Sunday? I mean, with like the shape, it's getting better and better. But uh, for sure, it's not. Uh, I'm not there for the moment to follow the the big guns. And um, yeah, I have to try something earlier for sure um, and yeah we will see if it works out but for sure not uh, in the early breakaway now like in Dwarst of Landers. How do you feel after, after your fifth place on, on Wednesday and um, yeah what do you think is, is possible for you on, on Sunday? Yeah first of all I have to say it was uh, for me personally uh, Yeah, a step in the right direction. Um, after all the bad luck what I had, I was a lot of time sick uh, in the past three weeks and um, had not really a, a good preparation to, uh, to the classics. And um, now I feel like after the Panne, Harlebeken and also Gentwilvegem, that the legs are getting better and better. And um, yeah, for Sunday... It's just uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. And on the end, we have to see what's coming out. So Wednesday was also a big um, boost for your motivation. So the, the shape is on the right direction, but also the morale is, is boosted now. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, was also good for the head. Uh, 
that I see that I'm back uh, or coming back uh, to this level uh, where, I've, where I won't be. And uh, yeah, this will be for sure gives, gives a small boost. You mentioned something about the, the weather, what's expected on Sunday. So we're going to see potentially a top of only nine degrees. Are you a type of rider who likes absolutely atrocious weather? Or is that not your thing? Actually, I like if it's a little bit more colder because uh, I'm also a little bit bigger. So uh, it makes, yeah, it makes for me, I don't care if it's, it's warm or like uh, really cold. But for example, like some riders in the peloton, they, are, they don't can handle it. And uh, I think this is uh, a small plus point uh, what I have on my side. Okay. And um, something for the bike nerds out there. We all know cy cycling is becoming more technical. Is there any sort of special setup that you're going to use on Sunday that you can tell us about? Uh, special setup? Not. I will use the Specialized Tarmac um, SL7. And um, yeah, with the normal rapid wheels, uh, what we are using normally also, uh, tubeless tires um, between 28 and 30 millimeters. Yeah, this will be the setup in Flanders. No hand shifting this time? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for Sunday, you've already talked about um, what's possible for you. What do you think um, is possible for the for the team in general? I mean, we we are all strong here. So, like Jonas Koch, he showed a good performance in uh, Gent Wilvegem, uh, where we had also bad luck. Also, uh, Danny, me, and Ryan. So, uh, for sure. We have to ride aggressive, uh, we have to show us uh, and yeah, on the end it's like also Marco, he showed a really strong performance in Harlebeken already, uh, he will be also there, so yeah, we have, a, we have a strong setup with a lot of horsepower and um, yeah, we have to find a way where we, where we uh, can fight also for, for the victory and uh, this will be for sure that we are going uh, always a little bit earlier than the, the big guns. So no one's been able to win the Ronda more than three times. Why do you think, what do you think the, is the specific reason for that? Why is this race so hard to win? Is it because anything can, can go wrong, the amount of cobbles and Hellingen or what do you put that down to? Yeah, I mean like it's, uh, everything can happen. Like, uh, Especially the classics, um, it's it's super nervous in the peloton, so you can crash, you can have a flat tire on the couples, um, and also yeah, on the end it's all about the legs. So if you don't have the legs anymore, um, you go nowhere. So uh, especially on the end, uh, I think this time will come Paterberg after 250 kilometers. Uh, to going Paterberg already after 30 kilometers up is already hard, but after 250 makes not easier. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really a special race, and uh, I think like really the strongest guy uh, wins also always in Flanders. And um, yeah, I think it was Cancellara who won it three times. Uh, you just said um, you have to be faster than than the big guys, the big guns. 
Um, which scenario would be ideal for the for the team, or which which scenario in the race would probably give the best chances for you and the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, it will be for sure. We will try to send one guy in the early breakaway. Uh, that we have already one guy up there, and then um, yeah, that we can always that we have like the uh, if if one another guy is coming from the back, that we have one guy who can help a little bit also for for the for a few kilometers. Um, I mean, when I was fifth in Flanders, I went also quite early, and um, then just like the big guys was catching me, and I hold on. And uh, yeah, that's my tactic. What I did also yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, actually it's a good tactic. Yeah, because uh, this acceleration always uh, when they go, it's super hard. But afterwards they're also dead. And um, yeah, then it's a good tempo uh, what they're riding and and uh, have not anymore such a high acceleration. Well, fingers crossed that the team's game plan does work out this weekend and I'm sure it's going to be a really exciting race uh, and it's going to be wonderful to see you on the start line, Nils. So thanks very much for joining us for our third ever episode. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. And thank you as always, Andreas. Thank you and uh, fingers crossed for Sunday. And last but not least, thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to the Band of Brothers podcast. We hope to see you again for our next episode, which features none other than Marco Huller, who is back by popular demand ahead of Paris-Roubaix. So until next time. Beep.